Hey everybody, this is Frame by Frame, and uh, this is a little bit of a plug before the show starts. So, here you go. Are you ready? You can find us at iTunes Store by searching for us there, Frame by Frame, separate words, under the podcast category. Look for our logo and then subscribe. You can listen to our podcast directly with SoundCloud, which is at the SoundCloud website, frame-by-frame-2. You can book at the website where you can actually find all the above links at roastedportions.com. Follow us on Twitter at framebyframe78, all one word. And you could also go to framebyframe78 with the Facebook group and interact with us there on all our exciting little ponderings during the week when we're actually not podcasting. So please, check us out, subscribe, follow, bookmark, support, listen, and enjoy. This is Frame by Frame. On with the show. You talking to me? Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Well, who the hell are you talking? You talking to me? I'm funny how. I'm funny. I'm Peter Vinkman. We all go a little mad sometimes. I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. And the clock is running. Hello, everyone out there. How you doing? Oh, hello, Cambodians. Welcome, Cambodia, to our podcast. Thank you very much for supporting us. Yeah, we got excited because we had a, a John Carpenter episode was the first one to um, go onto iTunes. Yeah. And then it suddenly just blew up and went... You know, we suddenly Something had four hundred. Yeah, yeah, we suddenly had a, within an hour there was like a few hundred, and then within the next hour it was like four hundred and twenty odd. Yeah, we were just texting numbers all day. It was yeah, like... it was really rather exciting. But it turns out that it was just one place in Cambodia that seemed to be listening to it. Yeah, it was, no it was Sean Penn. Yeah, Phnom Penn. Phnom Penn. Oh, is Phnom it Phnom Penn? Penn? Yeah, it's the capital of Cambodia. Yeah, so either. Drug lords really, really like John Carpenter films. <laughs> oh, there was a John was Carpenter a... convention. Oh, there, there could have been for, yeah. the, for just that few hours. And and they, they well, for, for a few days, it was a couple of days. I think oh, we right, got right, stats, right. but uh, but and, and they were just passing each other and saying, "Hey, hey, you should listen to Frame by Frame." <laughs> <laughs> With that unique Cambodian accent that they have. <laughs> yeah, it was all coming from Apple Core Media, uh, which is. Android smartphone, yeah, um, and I thought, great, iTunes has kicked in. We're mega stars. <laughs> oh look, country. It's all it's all from one place. Cambodia. I mean, of all countries, Cambodia. Why? Why would it just? We we still don't know why it happened. We we know it's a glitch. Yeah, because you took it off and put it back on, and it stops. Yeah, and the counter just froze at uh, four eight four, I think. But we're still here, we're still doing our thing, so what are we going to talk yeah. about this week? We're going to talk about a horror film. We are. Um, that's a surprise. That's a surprise. Well, interesting thing. Yeah. We both watched Insidious 3. Okay. 
I kind of spoiled it for Stephen because I watched it expecting it to be really, really bad, and I was pleasantly surprised. It had some mm-hmm. genuinely creepy moments, which um, freaked me out a little bit while I was watching it. So I excitedly told Stephen to watch Insidious Three because it's re- I was really impressed with it, and so yeah. he watched it with high expectations, and they weren't met. So where I went with low expectations and. It was better than I thought it was going to be. You went in with high expectations. It was nowhere near as good as you thought it was going to be because I bigged it up too much. And that's that's where I, I, I think that's where we've come to with that. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, um, the problem is when when somebody tells me that if something's impressive, I start to make it in my own head as to what that could be. And I think it's very easily done. Very easily done to because kind of think, well, this is going to be a horror movie unlike any other that I've seen, and it's going to rise above. Yeah, everything, and uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have depth of characters. I'm gonna have um, uh, unbelievable moments that that would blow me away, and uh, I I just didn't get there. Just didn't reach that that level. Well, I don't know what that level is because that very rarely is it happening in, in horror films these days. Yeah, but if you sort of like because we were both really impressed with the Babadook, but the Babadook is just a jumpy yeah. film. With an annoying kid in it, there's not. It's, yeah, there's not, but there's performance. Re- there is performance, but yeah. I recently watched the Babadook again. In yeah. fact, it was last Saturday, I got it on Blu-ray, and it's not that scary. It's not so much scary. I think it's more the psychological. I think I, I was more rap- enraptured with the mother mm. um, than the actual Babadook story. He's an Australian was, comedian, by the way. Yeah, well, I can. I, what a performance I'd <laughs> love to be able to see her do stand up now yeah be interesting to see but yeah where, whereas I don't I don't go into a horror film wanting to be scared as much as um, feel as though that, that oh my gosh these people are really in peril and I believe them that's kind of what I look for I, I, I look for the actual uh, the actual feeling of reality the, the scary reality of this this really is is freaking these people out and they look terrified Mm. Um, but some films they don't seem to kind of get the characters there Um, it's like with Poltergeist where we spoke the remake we talked talked about the fact that uh, they seem to have a pre uh, they they have an understanding of, of, of what's going on Right there in the moment, it's like it's an everyday occurrence. It's like they've got um, flying ants in their garden, and they go, "Oh, just go and get the spray. Go and get the spray." You know, it's like, it's like "Oh, our daughter's been sucked into the television again. Go and get the spray." Oh, yeah, oh that old thing. Uh, that old thing. Let's let's uh, let's let's not call the cops. That, but I need to tell them the. But yeah, so I, well, I like, kind of like my main it. problem with Poltergeist, like I said, is it felt like a remake of Insidious One. Yeah, because which is kind of which, connected. Uh, yeah, to and Insidious yeah. it was a re- it's essentially poltergeist. Yeah, and then the second one, Insidious, was just awful. It was yeah, there was a guy with a dice, and uh, and it was uh, they they basically put too much emphasis on on trying to make jump scares for the sake of jump scares, and yeah. just trying to follow the boy. That was it. That it was the boy who was yeah, actually. Yeah possessed but the husband was actually still possessed from the first movie and it took the whole movie for for them to realize that the husband was possessed all along yeah yeah yeah. and it's like well that's ridiculous but what i have with the third one is i suppose with these films i i don't really go into them looking for amazing character development i go in them as much same reason i'd go on a roller coaster 
yeah. just to be scared and oh right you know yeah. quiet quiet bang quiet quiet, Which quiet, is, quiet yeah. bang mm-hmm. some people might say that's a cheap way of making a horror film and I guess in some respects it is yeah but when it's done well it can be really effective so when I watch this film I put it on not expect it to be any good no lights on just a few candles the door was open yeah. it was raining outside so it was quite atmospheric and I've got to say at certain parts it's gone under my skin and yeah and what you just said there kind of puts a um, puts it into perspective as well watching a, a horror film you've got to watch it with the lights off mm. and uh, you've got to kind of really feel the house around you is, is, is frightening you can't do that with chick flicks you can't really you can't really sit in a room full of balloons and bubbles and no. watch a chick flick <laughs> you know and be, have, have cakes served by you know by goddesses in the bikinis, you can't get that. Yeah, you know, for a horror film, it's it's imperative that you have the atmosphere right. Yeah, I and think... so, sometimes cinemas don't always have that atmosphere for me. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. sterile bit of yeah, a sterile yeah, yeah. environment for a horror film. I suppose like a great horror film, no matter what, you, you'll probably get something out of it. Yeah, but um, true. With this again, I know I keep reiterating the same point is because I didn't expect it to be any good so I would say first and foremost out of all the Insidious films this is the best one okay let's yeah. go with that sometimes, sometimes a prequel can do that because it uh, it allows um, a filmmaker to kind of get to a core of something mm. and strip away any anything that the sequels have damaged mm. um, which is probably why prequels always happen generally because you know there's no reason to go back if, if going forward seems to be so well done that they think oh, I don't want to I don't want to follow this piece of junk Insidious 2 let's go back yeah seems to be the common thing with horror films yeah 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 I guess so but I, I think the parts with this that worked the best was just the parts with the girl in the bedroom on her own yeah you know I even like when she went for that audition she'd already asked she tried to contact her mum hadn't she to, to just she wants to talk to her mum and she's her mum's gone basically yeah, yeah. and um, she tried to contact her and by doing that she's let something else sort of attach to her so I thought the little things before she was about to do that audition when you just see that weird fu- thing just waving at her yeah yeah that was quite creepy and then yeah. she did a, her audition which didn't go well and she's all upset about it, talking to her friend and then she's walking across the road and then she sees that weird thing just waving at her in the distance yeah. again and she stops and then she gets hit by a car. Didn't see that coming. Um, no, and, I don't, and, and to be honest, it was kind of too out of the blue for me. I was like... But it didn't shock me. I actually went sat there and, and, went, and saw her just flumping to the, floor, to the road and I thought... All I can think of was I didn't hear a car coming. I didn't see lights. It's it's got full beams on and it's, it screeches as soon as it comes into shot, and I, I was picking it apart as soon as right, I saw right. it. So I can't. That, that, that's kind of my point. Is sometimes a jump scare throws me out of reality, and I'm like, why? I think a good jump scare, you you go with it, and it, and I kind of I kind of just bounced out. I bounced off the bonnet of that car and thought, no. <laughs> Right. Well, um, I weren't but, expecting it at all. Yeah. And then it's just like, whoa. I wasn't expecting that? it. I'm yeah. not saying that. Definitely wasn't, uh, wasn't expecting it either. But as soon as it happened, I was kind of like, well, that wasn't done very well. That was just for the sake of a jump scare. And you just knocked over a pretty young girl who who seems to have a big bloody patch already on the outside of her, of her clothing. 
<laughs> so I'm just always looking at these little details and thinking, you you're know, a cynic. That's what you are. Um, uh, yeah, but that you're, you're not a critic. You're a cynic. Um, oh no, 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 no. Now that, that that because there are some good points in this movie. Let's let's talk about the good points. Well, like I say because to all right, that 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 was a way to have a trapped in a bedroom and can't get out unless someone's there to help her. Yeah, which is useful. Yeah, yeah, I think that, and, was, a, that um, was a good thing, a good so device. About, yeah, so I'll talk about a little creepy bit. So she's in bed, she's got a little bell that she rings to get her dad, and then she puts her head down, and then the bell just rings, she turns around, the bell's not moved. And then that was a little bit creepy. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. That was creepy, and then you just see that thing start coming behind her very slowly, and you think, oh, what's going to happen? And then her dad comes to the bedroom, and it's all gone. Little things like that, I think with me, work. What don't you like about that? Sorry, no, no. I was just trying to make sure you didn't want pulling the pulling the cable. Oh, right, right. <laughs> no, no. I like that. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree that. Uh, that yeah, I, I think that there's this one thing. I mean, I, I, I like horror films to be a little bit more discreet, a little bit more ambiguous. Um, I suppose at that point it was because you don't know what it is. It's the same because mm. you like that with it follows, but not this. Because we have that with it follows when that person's just coming across towards the, the school. Because what it is, what the ambiguity is, what's behind it, rather than the actual thing that's actually Well, there. we don't know what's behind that. That person, why is it in the bedroom? Why is it going to terrorise her? Yeah. We don't know why at that point. Yeah, but it's... It's, it's but, still ambiguous at that point. Until, but it takes the form of anybody there. Until Basil Exposition comes along. Because <laughs> 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 that was one of my... Th- I put a Facebook post when I watched it. said, just watch Insidious 3. Really impressed by it. Bit a little bit too much of Basil Exposition. Yes, yeah. he, he pops along quite a bit to tell you what's going on. Don't true, need that. True. Uh, I mean, Exposition. I mean, the, the 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 one thing is, I kind of feel as though that you know that that um, thing as a kid where you have uh, that let's dress up this character uh, flipbook thing where you've got three, you've got a book that's mm. split into three things. You've got the head part, the torso, and the legs. Yeah. And you've got so many different combinations. You've got, you know, different outfits. That seems to me to be the uh, the, the the thing that they use to decide what these uh, ghosts always tend to look like. Right. And they either take the appearance of, of, uh, of kind of like the, um, the decomposed creature. Mm. Which we had in this movie, some sort of decomposed creature yeah, with, with a mask, mask on, on yeah. which was, you know, it kind of took me to Silent Hill kind yeah, of way. Yeah. It had yeah. that kind of uh, uh, Resident Evil kind of zombie film kind of feeling about it. Um, and so you've got that combination. Um, you've also got the uh, the Bridezilla. You've got the the woman who wears the big fluorescent dresses or the dark dresses, depending on the, the color that they want to yeah, play yeah. with. Uh, the, like the woman com- in black, thing. woman in black thing, always wearing this kind of like uh, cellular netting, um, polyweave netting that's kind of loose, and, uh, and and then you've got the the typical ring character who's got a big mop of hair, which has has appeared in a lot of things. And yeah, I the, think the um, Jap- Japanese horror has got a lot to answer for because everyone's trying yeah. to copy that kind of crawling on the floor, longer and where it creaks, yeah. all his bones got to creak and crack. Yeah. It can't just be fluid motion. But it, it did it all again in this movie. And that flip book is the is the Bible. It's like, what do we want? What we're going to have? Well, we're going to have this combination. We're going to have that combination. And I kind of just wish that there'd be something 
I don't know. I don't know what it is that I want, but, but again, I want something you... that's a little bit more unique and original in my appearance. Okay, but again, I think with these films, I don't think they go for unique and original. I think they go for... Um... It is just to scare people. That's yeah. the idea. That's all yeah. it's for. It's not trying to say anything. It's not trying. I know that's what usually we want yeah. that out of a film. We want more. I think for this, it is just the roller coaster. It is just to uh, tick all the boxes, try and scare people. Goodbye. See you. Eat, enjoy your popcorn. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. And I think if you that. just go from the jump scares in it, they, they were jumpy. And they scared me. <laughs> like, yeah, they, I, I think it's yeah. trying to find. They, they're not looking to try and get get be under your skin or say it be any more than it I is. Want I want it to be under. I your know skin. you want it to be yeah. like that, but I don't think that's not what these kind of films are. No, for. no, no. That because they're trying yeah. to just scare you. That's yeah. they're just a. It's it's a, a haunted house, and that's it. It's just, it's just a yeah. haunted house rider. But at like the fair, to, fair to then try and do that in ways that you've not seen before. So okay, we've seen the. She's texting that guy, the, a neighbour, who, you know, who just sort of disappears. Is that, doesn't he? He doesn't come back in it after he goes through. Yeah, she's, he's got a crush on her and he yeah, so really, she did knocks, nothing with him. Yeah, so she knocks on the on the the wall. You know, it's like... And then she gets back, exactly. And then she's like, oh, that's so cute. So she texts him and he's like, and she's like, I hope I didn't wait you. And he's like, oh, no, no. And it turns out he's at his grandma's house. And then you're like, oh, okay. So whoever's knocking, but so instead of she knocks again, doesn't it? Doesn't knock back. So she just puts her head down, and it's a little bit strange. Yeah, that, now, it and was I thought well, I thought that it was, was okay. Good. And then when the hand comes from the ceiling and just grabs it out of nowhere, yeah, that yeah. I wasn't expecting that. No, no, no. I was expecting something to come from somewhere else, you know. And, and, I, uh, and I can see, I can see that the 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 premise of that scene is we can't do the usual. Thing. Well, they're trying to and, find and trying a new way to, yeah. to just do a jump scare. That's all yeah. it is. It's quite, quiet, yeah. bang, quite, quiet, bang. You know. Yeah, and, and I must admit that is something that I did like. I mean, yeah. the whole uh, the "I'm at grandma's" thing. Um, uh, the the other thing that I did actually jump at was when uh, he dangles her out the window, and there it is. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghost yeah, thing. yeah. But th- there's but the part of me in my head was already saying, "Why do you need to lean down to have a look out the window so far?" And then why do you need to grab her and put her on the ledge to have a look? And it's kind of like, you know, don't... It's I like, suppose there, people there do these that, things. If you just, and I'm like, why do you need to do it? All right, but if you say that something's just tried to grab your daughter and take her, because she falls asleep, doesn't she, and she wakes up, she's in a chair on the second level. Yeah. And she's like, what the hell? So she tries to get to the... Because I thought, even though that's a very J-horror thing... When she gets to the, Elm Street. when she gets to the elevator and presses it, and then it's just behind her, and suddenly comes up to her and then starts pushing it. Yeah, that's a very Japanese horror thing. Yeah. You know the thing that's in the corner and starts to walk towards yeah. you, and she's not. And then it wheels her back, and then obviously um, all hosts of the horrible things happen. The dad hears it comes up, and then I think if you, as a parent, if you see if someone's tried to grab your daughter and it looks like they've just jumped out of a window, I'd want to see if that thing's dead. Yeah, because I'd want to make but why, sure. But why put her on the ledge to have a look? Well, I suppose if you've just been taken, you'd want to look and see, make sure it's there as but well. But he's putting her in unnecessary danger. You know, putting her on the ledge. Uh, you know, it's it's like it was like Michael Jackson dangling babies over balconies. 
It's a little if bit not, like... If not dangling her over, you just put her on the ledge <laughs> to have a look, you know. And I don't know. I've done that with River, where I've, put, I've stood her on the window ledge and I've got holders, make sure she's safe. Yeah. And then yeah. let her have a look at whatever it might be. But he's, she's right down there, so he has to, she has to really look down there. Uh, but, of course, that creepy ghost is there to, to kind to, of... To grab her and pull her out, yeah. Yeah, which... You know, I just, I just kind of think uh, by that time I would just say, "You don't need to look. Let's just get out of here." Mm. You don't need to look. Let's get out of here. That's kind of like, like my in my head. Yeah. But th- that maybe that's because I'm just not. I, I just don't get into the into into the. Um, I don't allow the characters to just take me on that journey. I'm I, always kind of fighting yeah. against them. I suppose what I kind of do is within the first ten minutes of watching a film, I've sort of figured out what it is. And then I'll just, just let, let it, let it, it go, let, let it, it take wash you. over him and just you know. Yeah. And I, I think whether it's a gift or a curse, the moment the film's on, I'm in the film, yeah, experiencing yeah. it as opposed to just watching it. Yeah, I think I, mean? I think I had uh, film school ruined me basically. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's the, it's very difficult to be a, a film reviewer and actually not look at it technically, you know, in, in that kind of a, a way of of. I'm not being sold here. I was sold with it. It follows. I was very sold with Starry Eyes. I was in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these films can do that to me. They can do it. But if they don't, then I'm out. I'm on the outside looking in, and I'm and I'm there with my my notebook. I suppose with it follows. <laughs> I love that so much because it was harking back to the Carpenter films that I love. There's a nostalgia. Film. And then with Starry Eyes, it's not really a horror film. It's no, it's a psychological, psychological. And I, I. I I'm drawn more to the psychology. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the Cape Fear. I'm the experiment in terror and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, did you feel as though that if this was a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, it would have been a good one? If that know. character was Freddy Krueger, uh, toned down without being a voiced puppet that just dances around? I think I think it could have. It, yeah, it, it, could it have has been, that yeah. kind of a sense about it, the dream world thing. Yeah. Um, a little bit more of a unique vision. I suppose the parts I like the least about this film is when she goes into the other realm. Yeah, I, I never like I never like that because no. I I never I never like it because they just simply use conventional surrealism. Yeah, and it's yeah, just absolutely. too conventional. I mean, surrealism is supposed to be out of your mind, out of out of this world. Mm. And yet, there in the first one, there was a house that they just walks to, and it's the house he's in. And the second one, I I, I think it was just merely just a realm this and it was like poltergeist 3 as well you know when in poltergeist 3 they had the big apartment building yeah i do yeah, and they yeah. had all the corridors and the things cracked and as soon as the ceiling cracked i thought ah poltergeist yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I i just i just didn't get there i just didn't get sold hmm. i guess i'm sort of when's it's just someone being terrorized in the house by an unseen thing i think i'm always in there i always like that yeah the moment like I say, she starts to go to this other realm, and I don't like that as much at all. But then again, she just had to call out for dad, and or you know his dad. You knew, I knew that uh, Dormant Mulroney was was yeah. going to be there because he seemed to be there every time. And as soon as he was there for the third time, I thought, well, he's always going to be there. That he's not going to be incapacitated. Yeah. yeah. Um, the moment he is, he's actually incapacitated by her for for a moment on the floor, and then she. She slowly takes her casts off by whacking it on the on the bed, and they just sit there well, watching. Super, it. Yeah, but they, they just she has just beat the crap out of them, and they're all just a bit shell shocked. I, I was fine with that. Yeah, I just kind of felt like you're just sitting there watching it. Like I I I, I would have thought at least the paranormal investigator was would have just got out of there. 
and left that maybe leave the dad on his own. At least that, that would have satisfied me. I think if, if he it didn't bother me that bit at all. Because again, he, he went through. He went a bit. Ex- <laughs> loves it, doesn't he? He loves. He's got something to play with. He went. He went to this sort of exorcist thing to me of the. Um, yeah. You know, you're harming your own body, sort of thing. You know, yeah. I control this now, and I'll do what I want with it. Kind which, of which yeah. impressed me when he started walking on yeah, the broken yeah. legs, <laughs> and you can hear the crunching, and it's kind of like uh, you know. But I kind of wanted Dermot to kind of try and get up and help her, the dad, mm. also kind of do something. You well, just, like I said, you just beat him up. I know it's kind With of confusing. A pipe or something, wasn't it? Or... A wrench. Was a wrench. It? That uh, was it. I think it was an adjustable wrench. Ah. A, a red one. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be pretty shell shocked, and if you're just coming around and your daughter's doing that, and you're like trying to bring yourself around, you know. So I think they covered it with a wrench. Yeah, they covered it with a wrench. If they, yeah, yeah. they just like sat down on the floor and then she started doing that, and they just watched everything and get up, do something. But yeah. you've just been knocked senseless by a wrench. True. True. Wait, 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 um. Okay, what did you think to the uh, the paranormal investigators that got involved? Well, because they were the only things I liked about the first one. Because yeah. they were in the very first one. Yeah. You know, I didn't mind them, I guess. Yeah, it, it's it's the familiarity. Yeah. And I, I again, it's just, it's out of poltergeist, isn't it? You know, it, yeah. it's the two, you know, they're a bit wisecracking. But the, the humour's got to come from them. I think I called them something in the text. <laughs> oh, I, <can't> <laughs> I was impressed with this I actually wrote it very slowly oh look the unconventionally socially awkward dysfunctional light entertainment paranormal investigators have just arrived <laughs> one of them's eating a cupcake yes <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know and I, I get it I get it every film needs to have a breather and every film ha- uh, you know every horror film needs to have that little bit of a but did you feel safe with them because of the familiarity, was it that kind of a okay? The Ghostbusters have arrived. We're okay now. No, I just remember them turning up and I went, "Oh, it's those guys." Yeah, the only thing I liked out of the first one. So a white Mister T and uh, the geek that they just found up on the street who was yeah. wasn't doing anything, but you know, but, uh, yeah, which is fine, but yeah, so they had no memory of this. Is obviously they they get a lot of. Um, paranormal calls that take them to events that are actually really happening. Okay, my cable is being eaten by a baby. <laughs> but the good thing is is that yeah. it's keeping him quiet. Let's get a picture. <laughs> it's keeping him quiet, but it's making my my uh oh yeah I need to hold on to that end I forgot. Oh wait a minute. There we go. We're back. And we're back. <laughs> it's like if they're there to just provide that light entertainment then they didn't really have much to do in this, though. But just hold uh, night vision cameras and uh, look scared. Well, not scared. Not actually. They 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 were the least well, scared because they're the, into it. The the my least favorite parts of this film is when they're trying to link it to the very first Insidious, and that's what they're doing. Then they brought them in, so at, by the end of it, she's going to say, "Hey, I like you guys. Let's join up." And then the end that's of it, tacky. you see the thing out of Insidious one. That wasn't very good. Incredibly tacky. It's, it felt very sort of like... Darth Maul. Oh, he looks like Darth Maul. Yeah. Is, everybody says Darth Maul when they see him, and I'm yeah. like, well, why go there? Why, why? If, if you look like Darth Maul in the first... Was it the first one that we saw Darth yeah, Maul yeah, from? Yeah. Then why bring him... Why, why keep bringing him back? And again, with the... That first Insidious film, it was quite scary. You know, the first time you see him, it's like off the cuff. Do you just have a shot of someone sat in a chair and it's just behind them. 
You're like, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? But, oh, then, you know, because it was in the picture frame, wasn't he? He was yeah, kind of, yeah, he yeah. came out, and that was good. That but was then, realistic, but this when one... When they end up going into the other realm in the first one, was when I've lost it, I'm like, it's just, it's just poltergeist, it's terrible. What are you doing? And that's the, that's the thing about horror films, is that, I mean, this, this is obviously another studio-funded one. Yeah, of course, yeah. And it's the big studio-funded ones that have the, coming up with the, the, the same problems. Um, when am I going to see something? Mm. When am I going to see something? We want to see things. We want to go somewhere with this. We, we, we've been in the house for, for an hour and a half. What, what's going to happen for the last half hour? Yeah. We can't be in the house. Otherwise, when, you know, we, you're not, you're not going to get any promotional money. You know, we're going we're gonna to hold your distribution money back. Mm. It's like, uh, and I just think, mm, they all, it's always in the third act, they tend to go too far. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a common problem. I Some, I th- yeah, I think they need to realise sometimes with horror film, bigger isn't always better. It's the quieter, creepier moments, which are... Exactly. Well, you know. Just keep it, keep it on that key. And if it's a ghost story, what... Then let's have some ghosts in this, you know. Let's 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 try and kind of find that that ghost thing that that people aren't expecting. Everybody seems to be uh, thinking that a ghost is is a physical thing that walks around your bedroom, leaving footprints. Yeah. That they are mischievous things that can take you and move you into d- different rooms, that can throw you and, and toss you. Um, <laughs> kind of ghost I like <laughs> the kind of incubus baby <laughs> um, but let's you know let's tackle the ghost story that you know like the urban ghost story that kind of thing where it is more about the uh, the the uh, attempt to actually get ghost footage on camera mm. rather than everything just being there to play with it's too it's too much there there's just too much there to see yeah and I can't that, I think that's probably why I just never really engaged in it because I was still thinking well I've seen it all now I've seen every single ghost and there's nothing that they can give me at the end yeah I, I had a bit of a problem with the old woman the, who, the, who the was main... stalking not her as a person but the one who was stalking her the ghost that was saying like if you ever come to this place again I will kill you yeah her I mean all, all it took for her was to shout at her and it went away do you remember it comes at her? Yes. And then she just goes, no, whatever she says to her, and it just sort of sinks back to behind the curtains. Like, yeah. Oh, we'll just do that. Just the shout at them, and that's shout it. Them and yeah, shout at them, and they go away. <laughs> or push them. Well, I think um, the zombie guy with a mask got pushed at one time, and he just kind of fell, fell he just fell down. Yeah. I was like, um, come on. You know, I, I, I need to feel as though I'm threatened here, and the only time you're actually threatened is when you're actually not expecting it. Yeah, yeah. But that's so, yeah, I suppose like all the insidious films <laughs> <laughs> it starts off really creepy, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like the shots where Always could, the first scene. You can just see that weird thing wave Well yeah, absolutely. Where it's just waving. <laughs> that that was a creepy that's enough just, Yeah, for me. that was really creepy. Keep doing that for two hours, it would drive me nuts. Yeah, when it dri- chucks her out of bed. I wasn't that happy about it being chucked out of bed yeah. apart from thinking, our legs. But then we just see it, it sort of steps off the bed, and then the creep, the creepiness, when it just starts walking around to her, yeah. and she can't move. That's really well done. And then all of a sudden, it's just on her back, and she's screaming. Yeah. I'm like, that's really well done. Yeah. So yeah. I, I can't remember who directed this. It's not James Wanland. It was uh, his basically his co-writer for all the Saw films, and uh, he's an Australian actor. Right. Who's this is his directing debut. And I cannot remember his name. Oh, yes, I can. 
and it's coming to me William Wallace Wall Wan Wanlun or something like that. Right, okay. Wanlun. It's it's kind of like James Wan, but it, oh, wasn't James Wan the uh, the guy who was in the audition, who was auditioning? Um, oh, Sid. I don't know. I'm not sure. What's her name? Lucy, Carrie, Jenny, Reagan, Reagan, <laughs> Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Steaming presents. <laughs> well, I was going Reagan as in out of uh, oh, out of Exorcist. Yeah. Oh, come on, Stephen! <laughs> Is this on? I'm tapping my head. Okay, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think James Wan did a cameo, right? Okay, that, then. Uh, telling him, you know to. But again, I think just you, the, the creepiness and the jump scares yeah. worked again when it goes to the other realm. Forget really about great. it. Yeah, I'm just yeah. not interested. Other realm movies. I mean, I mean, it, it's clear that uh, this has done well at the box office. I think it's done all right. Yeah. So we're kind of expecting it to to, to drum up a sequel. Well, yeah, they can't because do another prequel, so it have to be Insidious. <laughs> Insidious two set up a, a sequel, right? I'm pretty sure it did. If I remember yeah, correctly, because so they be another one, but but nobody wanted to deal with that. No, and and I think that um, that Insidious they call it this Insidious three, but it's a prequel. Yeah, so it should be Insidious minus one. Yeah, or zero. Yeah, insidious you know. zero. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard sell for me to, to think that number four is just going to follow that, or is it going to go even further back? Maybe it just go backwards. Or maybe they'll do what everyone seems to do now, and then just start a new timeline, like just try to do with this Terminator Genesis. Yeah, well, um, have you read any of the reviews of this Terminator? I film? I think I I watched the Red Letter Media reviews and oh, the Commode reviews, and they're both pretty much saying the same thing. It's just it's basically. Uh, Arnie knows what he's got to do he's got to come and say the lines we need to have every single trope and idiom that you get from well, all the Terminator yeah. films and it's just to service the fans but There's what I'm nothing... getting more now though is even the fans don't like it and um, Arnie is there to do all the exposition what is that thing? Skynet has created a new Terminator where are these? There are enough bullets in the world to kill me. There's no way I know what he's capable of. That's what makes him so dangerous. I'll be back. I've been waiting for you. You are nothing but a relic. So, like, in the first Terminator, he had, like, what, 16, 17 lines at most? In this, yeah. apparently, he has to give all the dialogue and tell everyone exactly what's going on. Yes, because like the chipmunks told me to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, a Terminator. But yeah, they, they, apparently they go back in time to 1984 again, and they had they recreate scenes. So apparently, I mean, Commode says that uh, that f- for the most part, it's fascinating to watch the film um, when they're actually gone back in time because you just want to recognise all the things that were in that first yeah, film and, and how really they well. recreated it, and that's really clever, and, and it's and it's kind of nostalgic, and you you kind of there again, but you're not because it's. It's apparently, still surrounded by the Terminator that went into nineteen seventies apparently. Yeah. But uh, to kill Sarah Connor's parents. But they you never but, but you never hear of it again. <laughs> you know that Terminator, that T one hundred or whatever yeah, it is, is never yeah. heard of again. So they just don't explain what happened to it. And apparently there's so many plot holes and it's just ridiculous and Yeah, and Sarah Connor it, is, is is just a completely different actress who doesn't work. Uh apparently she's from Games of Thrones. She is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's um, um well, I forget her name now, but she's very pretty. The thing is, <laughs> as soon as as soon as they came up with the title Jenny Sir, yeah, and you know, I, I kind of thought, no, 
I'm not gonna. I'm actually not interested in watching it. I'm, I'm not. I, I think if I watched it and then we did a podcast on it, it would just purely be to rip it apart. It wouldn't. There's no reason for me to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's kind of. Like, I'm looking forward to doing Mad, Mad, Mad Max when you actually get the chance to rewatch it and yeah. take it in fully because that that to me has been the most exciting movie. Well, that was the thing because I watched it and I was watching it with you know Mrs. Herring Dawes. I wasn't enjoying the film at all. I just thought, well, I'm not invested in any of the characters because I can't get a chance to find out exactly what's going on. So I'm just watching people drive fast. So why am I engaged with this whatsoever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, te- I texted my friend Matt and I said, I'm not I'm trying to watch it. I'm just not enjoying it. Uh, and he said, watch it again. He said, it's, it, it it's exactly the film for you, mate. Yeah, so I mean, I'm like, right, okay, I'll have to really, when I've got some time, I'll... I'll sit down and watch it what's funny about that is about this film before we actually review it I'm just going to kind of give give a little bit of a spiel on it because it's the film you expect it's nothing more nothing less than a road movie but it it, it's so much fun to watch and uh, I think it would be I know this is working I'm just bouncing him on my knee and uh my monotonous voice is just putting you all to sleep, just like uh, in the fog. <laughs> um, the remake. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we, before we actually go into Mad Max, I, I do think it was definitely worthwhile to to review it eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those creepers? Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those eyes? Gosh, all get up. So what what else uh, what else is kind of in at the moment that's worth worth watching? Have you? I really want to watch, and I'm not sure if this is going to. We have to go to cinema first. I don't know, but it's Love, <laughs> Love and Mercy. Uh, it's a film about Brian Wilson. Yeah, Brian. Well, hang on, Brian Wilson. Come again. The guy who wrote all the Beach Boys music. Of course. <laughs> oh, Stephen. And, and, I'm, and, a huge, right, I'm a huge Ryan Wilson fan. He's like my, mu- music. my musical hero, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Sorry. People who's watched this film don't, don't have never realised what was so special about the guy. And um, it's young Brian Wilson in like the 1966 Pet Sounds trying to do Smiley Era is played by the kid who was the drummer in Whiplash. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And older Brian Wilson is played by John Cusack. Uh-huh. And I, at first, because I feel so passionately about Brian Wilson, was sort of like, I don't want to see this film. It's going to be no, terrible, no, no, and they're no, not no, going to no, do yeah. him justice. I've not read one bad review. Everyone's saying it's Cusack's performance, the best oh, performance like he's ever yeah, done, yeah, yeah. and they really got to the essence of what was the, so great about him. Yeah, you know I mean, because everyone's sort of liking to say, oh yeah, well he was doing this, and they had this battle. The Beach Boys and the Beatles had this battle going on, yeah. but the truth behind it was, is the Beatles had Lennon and McCartney writing the music. You had, um, you know, Ringo and George Harrison were you know, obviously writing, performing. Um, they had, forget his name now, but the guy who was producing all the music and things like that. But Brian did everything. He wrote it. He arranged it. He performed on most of it. He sang on it. He did everything. All and he made music that no one had ever heard. Like John Cusack's been saying in interviews recently, said he didn't know about it. And then he spent two years listening to Pet Sounds and the Smile Sessions. And at that point, he realised that Brian Wilson single-handedly reshaped popular music forever. You hear his influence 35, 40 years on now. Mm. 
Right. And yeah. he is that important. And he didn't realise himself up until researching the film and then saying, I have to do this, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I really want to see this film now and I want Brilliant. to talk about it. That's good, yeah. Uh, and, and then I can flood it full of Beach Boy songs. And... <laughs> Which I'll then have to take off because of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, like... Um, oh, do, yeah. so, do, I will, Once we finish, I'll play you some of the songs. But, like, for instance, he was watching TV... And he realised that JFK had just been assassinated. Didn't say a word. Just walked to the piano. Five minutes later, he'd wrote a song called The Warmth of the Sun, which is complex. It's beautiful. It's staggering. And he mm. did it in like four or five minutes. He was producing um, some girl, I forget, was it could have been Nancy Sinatra or something like that. And he said, oh, because obviously he did acid and he wasn't the kind of person who really should be able to do drugs. He just didn't mentally be able to cope with that kind of thing. But so later in life he looks like a like a puppet you know but he was he said oh I'll do some vocal arrangements so he started doing all these vocal arrangements in a booth and it sounded terrible and they're like how do we tell Brian Wilson that it's it's bad and he said look let him do his thing see what it sounds like if after he's gone we can just we'll, we'll just do something different and just say he has like a writing credit on it so we did all these different melodies and they're all sort of they all didn't sound right when he put them all together he said it sounded like the most incredible, complex thing they'd ever heard in their life. Yeah, and yeah. he couldn't get the head around. He just did it, and he's not like he—he he just hears it in his head and did it. Yeah, he, the guy was a genius, and I'm—I know people An, say unsung hero. Yeah, well, yeah, he's very sung. Uh, people really, you know, what I mean, like God only knows is Paul McCartney's favorite song. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like for, apparently they were writing Sergeant Pepper, and McCartney came, went over to LA to see what Brian was doing, and spent a day with him. And flew back and said, "Scrap it, he's doing something that I've never heard. I can't even put Begin my head around. Yeah, yeah. We need to try and think of something different here. Yeah. And that's why all of them put their heads together and came up with Sergeant Pepper, which is a great album. It, but what happened is he was doing Smile. It was just really complex music, which good vibrations would have been on Smile. Yes. And yeah. my favorite song of all time, which is a song called Surf's Up, is on it, and that's like a sort of really sort of." ambivalent film song about Vietnam really and things like that and um, the Beach Boys came back off tour he'd done all this incredible music and said come on guys let's listen to it and they said we don't like it it just sounds like ego music like, what the hell we're, we're about having a good time and writing about surfing and stuff What's, <laughs> what the hell's all this it's like this is what I've got to write about now I've made you guys millionaires please just sing on it and they because it was so negative he ditched it so he won't do it and he just become a recluse and that's and he he came up and wrote the odd like amazing piece of music, but he was basically just a recluse from that point. So, you know, he stayed in bed right. for a year, gone far, and then but he'd struggled with mental illness his entire life, but he never knew he was struggling for mental illness. And then this doctor called Eugene Landy got hold of him, and would not let anyone go near him. Pumped him full of drugs, really mistreated him. But Brian would not go anywhere without Landy. Then he was attached to him all the time. Sounds fascinating. Story. It's incredible. So he ends up meeting this Intense. woman. Mm. And this woman sees what Landy's doing to him, and it's. A, I think the latter part of the story will be about how they try to get him away from Landy and try and you know get him better. Honestly, uh, that, that's that just sounds so unique, and, and I you know I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't know his name, but uh, it's yeah. But it's uh, you know I, I'm mu music illiterate. You know, I, I know songs, but I don't know the, the, the you know. I don't know where they come from. The thing is, right? But give me Mozart. Good to I can have. listen to it and appreciate it, and I love it. And do you want to yeah. put them down? No, I'll be all right. It's all right. 
and I appreciate it and I listen to it and I understand it you know what I mean yeah. Beethoven in some respects the vocal arrangement in Heroes and Villains by Beach Boys that Brian did I cannot wrap my head around it it is right. so complex but it doesn't sound complex like the chord structure to God Only Knows makes no sense whatsoever but it's this incredibly beautiful piece of music the guy dun, 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 just heard it in his dun, head dun, and could do it the guy's a genius dun, 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 up to that point dun, 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 um, I was watching like a few interviews the other day and River was next to me and I put God Only Knows on and it made her cry she's six years old and the melody she got, got it it got to her because yeah. it's it's beautiful but it's very melancholic and it, she said that oh, you switch it off it's making me cry though she's six years old and music that music can affect someone like that so yeah let's do that let's do that we'll we'll we'll, we'll have a chew of that um, because the other um, it's funny because music biopics seem to be rising up well Amy is coming out just about to say yeah I really want to see because the guy who did Senna and Senna was incredible and you know it's one of those things that you know and and I didn't listen to any of her music before she was when she was alive I didn't really care for her that much I just thought okay she's just trying to be Janis Joplin and she's just trying to be this and that and you kind of just for some reason media pumps through your head telling you this about her telling you that focus on they, they want you to focus focus on the fact that she's a drunk focus on the fact that she can't stand up doing gigs focus on this focus on that she's a tramp she's a trollop she's a slut she's this and that no one ever stepped back and say oh what's wrong with her let's try and help her yeah nothing media just ruins and wrecks but it's the same it's the same with a lot of musicians and musical artists uh, actors you name it people who are thrown to the walls by the media and, and the thing is if that's the only thing you see you kind of think ah oh, I can't be doing with that I can't be doing you know but as soon as she died I think it was uh, <laughs> I think it was Russell Brand who wrote an article after she died and he he <laughs> he explained about who she was and where she came from and what it was and, and their history together and, and he just put it all out there and it was sudden. All of a sudden, I thought, "Wow, yeah, I missed out here." So I listened to her music, and I kind of heard her, and I, I watched a few videos, and I kind of just I had I think I had a week of just listening to Amy Winehouse and watching documentaries and things about her and seeing her performing. She was amazing. She was she truly was, amazing. She was she yeah. Her influences, of course, Janis Joplin and all those, but she's owning it. Yeah. And, and I completely didn't even notice. I've, we'll have to watch the documentary thing and then maybe do a do a talk on that. Do because, a double, yeah. Yeah, because I think um, she was a poet. She wrote a lot of her own lyrics. Exactly. I think mostly, I think she wrote all her own lyrics and she was writing about how she was feeling and what was going wrong with her. And her dad, I think, was like a real negative force sense, in her yeah. life. You yeah. know? And I think, I, I seem to recollect there was one point where he turned up to he, to help her but brought a film crew with him. He's trying to manipulate it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's what we should be doing next. Yeah, it sounds like a good plan. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to reality, and I mean, of course, biopics and documentaries they they always have a slant. They always have a point of view. But if they've got the right people doing them, doing the interviews, if they're sourcing from the right people, then you, you kind of know you're halfway there to yeah. kind of getting to know who these people really are. Well, I know with the love and mercy, the it, it was painstakingly 
researched. Mm-hmm. They've been to the the musicians that were working with at the time. Who and, directed it? Uh, I can't remember the guy now. Not Cameron Crowe, is it? No, no. God, that would have been amazing. It could have been interesting. I bet he's, uh, I bet he's really tied up with that movie. I bet he's going to be really... Yeah, well, Cameron Crowe, like I've said to you before, you know, he talks about Pet Sounds as being the, his favourite album. Before he makes a film, he gives everyone every one of the cast a copy of the emotions and this everything you need to know about life is in there yeah yeah exactly it's 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 intense and there's there's nothing kind of out there really that that uh, spells it out more than a than a passion project like that Mm. to just come to emerge every so often and not many of them get the chance to have that um so yeah i'm looking forward to both of those projects so until next week we're going to say, um, yeah. Yeah. Be creepy. Be creepy, guys. Yeah. Be creepy. <laughs> okay, the clock's not running. <laughs> is that is that a closer? The clock's not running? Nah. Nah. Let's not... just keep it weird and awkward like we always do. Yeah, Aspen's, fun, a, Aspen's asleep. And uh, finally... I'm going, actually... to use, I'm going to use this chance to show Stephen the vocal arrangements of Heroes and Villains. So you can appreciate it. I'm. I might be a whale. Wait for. I might be a whale for some time. <laughs> oh boy! Right, okay, guys. We, we need to figure out how to end this thing properly. Until next week. Oh, that's nice. Until close. Until next week, guys. Until next week, guys. Stay classy. Keep it real. Yeah. Tiptoe to the window, by the window, that is where I'll be home. The clock's still running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.